Welcome to Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. This is our audio game jam, and I am uh, one of your MCs today. I am Ryan Heyman, also known as H. For your convenience, you may call me. I will not respond because I am but a disembodied recorded voice on a radio. <laughs> and I will be Ryan Quintel. Well, I guess I am Ryan Quintel, so I'll continue to be. And you can call me Q. And I, I might respond. Keep talking and we'll see what happens. You never know. Worth a try. <laughs> of course. Is it as hot as it is up here down there for you? I know that you're uh, in California. I'm up here in Washington, so it's really not up to me to be complaining. But boy, I feel like I am uh, melting through my Godfather Part 1 shirt that I'm wearing now. I think you must have sent us all your good cold vibes because it actually <laughs> is currently in Sunnyvale 64 degrees wow which is wow. wonderful that does sound kind of nice about now although i'm uh i'm not one to complain for the heat i rather enjoy even the sweatiness of it you know i just i, I was born in southern california and I, I think that little bit of it never left me i didn't know that about you so yeah that's where it's almost like uh you feel like you're on a cleanse or something a sweat cleanse yeah get all that toxins out and i have got plenty more toxins to go speaking of which i have some other potentially awful things that i need to get out of me <laughs> oh no i hope they're ideas for video games <laughs> yeah yeah well um let's go ahead and jump right into that so my first idea today is uh inspired by oh boy <laughs> this is going to sound very, uh, I, I don't mean it to be like a name droppy thing, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but it was inspired by a conversation that I had with uh, Tim Schaefer at PAX a few years back. Oh. Like, it's not, <laughs> not because we're friends or anything, it's just we were chatting at like a double find event. It's you know, a conversation with Tim Schaefer. I asked him if you could make a sequel to Brutal Legend. Um, would you explore some of the other kind of like subgenres of metal, you know, get the kind of spacey progressive metal and the kind of like math rock type stuff, uh, you know, yeah. all these different uh, fantasy metals and all of that. And he said that actually the idea that I don't remember if he had been pitching it to EA or rather they had been floating things by him um, for his approval was to kind of broaden the scope of the game for a potential sequel into the world of other genres of music. This idea inspired me so much. This was back in undergrad that I had uh, had this conversation. And so I drafted out like an MMO version of Brutal Legend, like a potential sequel that incorporates more genres of music. Each genre of music would be its own nation. Because I think one of the strengths of Brutal Legend is that it was able to, kind of in its environment, evoke, you know, that the feeling of heavy metal cover art imagery and all of that and so each of these genres of music would be their own nation kind of like in the avatar the last airbender and they would all have their own separate culture and different powers and everything and you would choose kind of like in world of warcraft where your character started and mm. thus what type of power sets you would be coming in with and so this could work as an mmo it could work as like a single player adventure that is just a lot more replayable than 
a lot of single-player adventure games. Think like a like a fable or something like that. But I have eight genres of music that would serve as the different nations, and each of them are tied with a like a skill set that you would find in an MMO. So I have metal, which would be kind of like heavy attack. I have classical for a healing class, jazz for a magic class, rap for like a stealth counterattack technical fighter type attack, pop music for status and poison effects, <laughs> electronica for tech and summoner type of uh, you know summoning robots and all of that, mm, like a minion sort of thing. Rock, just generic rock for defense, and then country for ranged and area attacks. You would travel through these different lands, and each of these different lands would have a selection of music, of licensed music from each of the genres that they represent. Your class would not only be determined by the location that you started in, but also you would choose one of the other nations to kind of ally yourself with. Mm. I don't know if you might like marry into a family or if you were to uh, just kind of take on the attributes of a second nation so you can kind of have two attributes working towards, um, towards your favor. And I have this chart of every combination of these genres and what like subgenre they would result in. And so, you know, I have like if you were a if you started in metal and you went to the jazz nation, then you would become like progressive rock. If you started <laughs> in rap and moved to the pop nation, you would result in an R&B type of uh, thing. If you started with electronica and moved to classical, you would become chiptune and just all of these different. I have like literally combinations for all of these and I can probably like post up a chart on a on the show notes or something, but yeah. yeah, it's just it's just kind of fun to think through those things, and so I'm going to leave that on the table right now and open the floor for the discussion on this one. Man, I really like this idea because as we have grown to podcast together, it I can feel the H emanating from the very <laughs> root of this idea. But what I, what I like picturing is. I don't know if you have this in your head, but the sort of exaggerated Disney World, Disneyland-esque yeah, yeah. sort of landscape that could be in the, you know, jazz world of Warcraft mm. or whatever, you know, like <laughs> giant treble clefts and stuff erected from the ground in the distance. That's just one of the things that's like really fun to think through, just kind of like imagining it in my mind as I go to sleep or whatever. You know, I take some inspiration from the level that's set in like a musical theater in Psychonauts where yeah. you're bouncing on musical instruments and it's just erected like this enormous orchestral pit. So one of the things in a game like World of Warcraft, or I, I imagine even like a fable, if you will, is mm -hmm. characters that have these abilities, there's typically to to min-max, there's an ability rotation of like, first you cast this, then this, then this, to mm. like really get the most out of it. So I, I wonder if it's casting your abilities or executing the abilities in time actually kind of generates that music that you hear. You're kind of creating mm. your own battle music. Uh, as this character. That'd be interesting and kind of uh, varying the tempo based on whatever kind of like genre or I guess build your character is. It makes total sense to say you you start in the you know country region and you're this ranged attacker and then maybe you go and study at the tech guild or whatever. 
you're you're essentially when you do that in any traditional MMO, you're just picking up new abilities from an ability tree. So it would make sense that you have this kind of country music through line because that's your main abilities but then you're able to add in this secondary type of instrumentation just through the ability usage in artistic philosophy that i like to live my own life by is that if i don't like a genre of music or film or whatever like i'm never satisfied to pass judgment until i can myself identify what is a good representation of that genre and what is a Mm. bad representation of that genre right And so in this way of uh, creating a game that just exists in these different worlds of very different types of music, it would be a really good like educational tool for the the players to just kind of like immerse themselves in romanticized versions of the cultures that inspire these types of music and characters who have as much love written into them as all the characters in brutal legend had for, for metal. Yeah. Just having that full immersive experience, get a little bit of that licensed music, the history of the genre. It would be hard to walk away from the game, not appreciating the music a little bit more. I can't help but wonder, I don't know how on the nose you'd like to be with this thing, but if in the way that some of the world of Warcraft and in guild wars and stuff, they have these per faction key characters that you come to know Mm. over the course of your story and i wonder if you had notable people from each one (laughs) of these whether you know bb king is doing the the rhythm and blues stuff or you just have i don't know who's a great i mean willie nelson would be an awesome country music Mm, spokesperson certainly a colorful character and they're almost like the the wise godlike sages through the land or yeah how much education could you bake mm. into this thing without it feeling like oh I'm you know I'm reading a history book or something yeah brutal legend had quite a few cameos by famous like metal performers like Ozzy Osbourne yeah. and uh, you know all these these folk who are well known in that genre of music and so it's it's totally within the scope of what could happen i think that it would cost quite a bit to uh bring in all of these performers and uh mm. it would it'd be very impossible in some scenarios like the classical nation you're not going to be having a mozart sure. necessarily but um maybe like representations of these people like an imitation of a dizzy gillespie or whatever <laughs> i also like the idea of kind of mapping out in these different areas not only just feeling like the genre music but by that same definition Maybe it feeling like the time period of which that music mm. kind of came into popularity. So, yeah. you know, you, you, you get a sort of that range of expression that can happen in a really large world where there's the oldish part of the world and the newish part of the world. And, and you can kind of feel it transition the same way you would like your musical journey. To add to that, I want the experience of controlling each unit to kind of represent something about the uh, genre of music. Jazz is going to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> well, that could be a lot more kind of like free form as long as you stick to like a basic structure. Yeah. And maybe there can be like multiple units that can take turns attacking and you have to know how to support just as well as how to attack. Or in the rap nation, being able to quickly and rhythmically get your attacks off or, you know, all of these things. Or, or pop nation could kind of always be leading up to big like musical moments and letting those kind of like charged attacks be the big payoffs you're literally dropping a beat 
what I have an affection for in this idea is there's so many people that really like music, but maybe just the mechanics of a rhythm game they find generally unplayable. And to be able to say, well, you know how to play an RPG or whatever, or somebody who's comfortable in that type of genre, which isn't necessarily about like that guitar hero finger fret touching sort of frantic sort of stuff and be able to experience that through the lens of music is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of putting them into something a little bit more familiar that would play more like a Kingdom Hearts than a guitar man. Let's think about like story as well. Like, I want there to be some sort of a conflict that propels our hero to action. And, you know, they could be coming from any nation. It would probably be some sort of like world event that equally affects everyone. But everyone else is kind of like has their own private squabbles with their Mm -hmm. other neighboring nations. (laughs) And so, but what would be a good world event that could catalyze people from all these different nations to work together? That's a good question. I mean, the I I even think we've done this in a previous pitch, but the sort of the music leaves leaves the world mm. is that kind of Nintendo slash Square esque obvious kind of thing. Yeah, but maybe it's outlawed, for example, to mix musical styles in oh. these worlds <laughs> or something, where it's not so much the existence of music that is new and novel, but it's what these music warriors are choosing to do with it and inventing all sorts of new types of things that people haven't heard before. There have been wars for so long between these different nations that they've all decided to kind of build up their walls. Maybe there's some sort of a common threat, like an attack on Titan situation or something where everyone is like really needing to like pull into their own cities and uh, and they don't allow the crossbreeding with the enemy or whatever. But, you know, this event that is pulling everyone together forces them to drop those old prejudices and and tear down the walls, as Pink Floyd (laughs) would say. Yeah. And you know what? That sets up really good story beats in terms of you kind of start the game in your own section you're learning the skills and music associated with your people then some sort of leaning up event where there's cataclysm or the walls for some reason break down or you're forced to venture outside for some critical reason and then sometime experiencing all the cultures and then finally choosing one that you really think is the, you know, complement to what you want. Yeah, that'd be cool. And there's a whole like host of different genres that I could see this working and you can do like, like World of Warcraft, Guild Wars style, click it and forget it style of combat. Mm -hmm. You can do something that's a little bit more active, like Fable or Kingdom Hearts, or you can even do like a Fire Emblem strategy, tactical RPG. I do like the idea of the bad guy being silence if you will or when they're winning they're kind of (laughs) taking sound away from your game ah gosh there's so many more avenues i want to explore with the story on this one in particular because that's not one of the uh, areas that i've really explored so much of my own hypothesizing about this in the past but unfortunately we have run up against our time limit on that one so uh, we're going to have to put an end on that yeah so if i wanted to tie it into like the brutal legend brand, like if this was a hypothetical sequel. I like the term like harmonic, which which is a musical term, but it's also like harmony. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Implies kind of the coming together of the nations. So I could either go brutal harmonia or 
Harmonia Legends. Ooh, Harmonia Legends sounds like a very RPG RPG. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the Brutal leans very heavily into the metal of the first game. And so, uh, but it's also kind of the most recognizable part of the title, but you know what? This is kind of a new thing, kind of a semi-sequel. So let's, uh, (laughs) let's go with that. Harmonia Legend. I'm going to make sure that that Harmonia Legend chart you have goes up on the website as well. Yes, we will definitely post that. Quite an uh, artifact of shameful nerdiness. (laughs) (laughs) I can't wait to see it. Cool. Well, Q, you have an idea for us today as well. I do, and this is one I've been stewing on for a while, but it's it's partially inspired by games like Fallout Shelter and RimWorld, but it's also partially inspired by my hometown of Massachusetts. Oh yes, the uh, the town of Massachusetts, right? <laughs> yes, the the state that actually uh I would say it's Middlesex County, Massachusetts. Middlingly sexy. (laughs) Middlingly sexy, which is how I'm described quite often. (laughs) In this game, you are a headmaster of a boarding school uh, Hmm. set in Massachusetts. So hopefully perfect Massachusetts, perennially fall forever and, you know, nice, cool, crisp. And you have sort of you're managing all the aspects of this school where you have children coming in and each of the kids has sort of a randomly generated behavioral set. So aggression, emotional. Oh, just like real kids then. <laughs> yes, exactly. They, they feel like that. Um, you know, they can be creative or intelligent and that sort of stuff. Uh-huh. And you are kind of a little hands off. You're hiring staff to run things like the school and the, hmm. you know, physical fitness and your health and your arts. And those people each have personalities of their own, so they're good at fostering relationships with different kinds of kids. Now, you are essentially trying to get these kids through your school through multiple years and output productive members of society, so well-balanced kids. And the way you kind of do that is not only by managing the staff, but you're choosing who is rooming with who. And of course, kids could influence each other. So a kid that's intelligent could maybe teach another kid that's needing a little help developing. Um, a kid that is aggressive could teach a, a kid that's maybe a bit shy to stand up for themselves. And really kind of looking at that, how these kids... in influence each other and how these personalities react to one another. You also are going to have to deal with discipline. And I feel like there's a discipline mechanic where, you know, if you you decide to make a kid study as their sort of punishment, it might have the inverse effect, right? If you have this Mm. kid study art, they might end up liking art less or become less creative. Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, And vice versa, maybe if you you make a a physical kid or aggressive kid just run laps or do push-ups they don't really learn their lesson and they're still Mm. troublesome um and then as you kind of age and you age these kids out and you retire after a certain amount of time your name and title of headmaster gets hung up in the school walls and you get a little title of you know so-and-so the wise so-and-so the patient the generous (laughs) that sort of thing 
and a little stats about the kids who were under your reign were mostly, you know, happy or creative or disciplined and that sort of thing. You can do one of those end credits type things. Like, yeah. like Jimmy grew up to be the president of the Nursing Association <laughs> exactly. of, of South Nicaragua. Oh, man. I even love the idea of people coming back to visit you to like be like, oh, <laughs> I, I loved I loved this or I hated this place, that kind of thing. Um, mm. So you're trying to create these kind of emotionally balanced people and after the credits roll and stuff you have the option to essentially become a new headmaster and continue the loop all over again with uh, new kids or new kids could be coming in all the time and get a new plaque hung on the wall so almost rogue legacy style you're seeing all this line of successions of headmasters so that's the pitch let's start the clock on that one so this is uh just reskinned prison simulator right <laughs> it's it was so hard for me you know originally when i was coming up with this idea it was an orphanage but there was something about that that just felt in instinctually a little too glum mm, okay. um so i, I went with the uh, boarding <laughs> school but yeah uh, no I, I do yeah. like this this is a this is a clever idea i think there's a lot there i think the thing that i'm interested in the most is like as time passes and as new classes come into the school It'd be kind of neat if uh, you got a sense of like the passage of time on the outside world and the kids are into new things or the kids are you know maybe like there's a point in time when kids start forming like gangs they get more violent and then later yeah. there's a point in time when you know there's a big kind of like artistic revival or whatever and so you can kind of get a sense of like the culture of the world affecting these kids and having to respond differently yeah, if you had, say, a particular set of kids for one playthrough, then you'd also be dealing with their sort of issues as they age, right? Maybe there's, um, if it's a mixed gender school, you're going to have mm. relationships forming. You might have, yeah, certainly more physical altercations or, you know, teenagers can just be meddlesome in general. Maybe they're, yeah. you know, abusing the the school and really doing graffiti and all that bad, bad teen stuff. You'd have to choose whether to teach an actual sex education or just do an abstinence only and (laughs) deal with teen pregnancies versus the parents getting all cross with you. (laughs) Yeah, it's it it is intended, I think, in a way to feel like a oversimplified microcosm of what it's like to actually deal with kids as they age. And and it's like if if every kid is um, kind of a music equalizer of all these traits of theirs and your goal is really to keep it even throughout, which I think is difficult. You know, usually it's like, Oh, I'll just max out this one thing, but nothing comes, comes at a, without a cost of something else. Mm -hmm. It'd be neat if you could transplant this same type of gameplay, maybe as like an expansion pack into different settings. And Mm -hmm. so you can do, like a real like underfunded inner city type of school, which yeah. is kind of like hard mode. Yeah. Where totally. you just don't have the same resources that like a privately funded, a kind of a rich Ivy League type of boarding school on the East Coast would have. Kind of like that uh, that season of The Wire where they had to learn how to be good teachers and good school administrators. It would be an entirely different kind of setting and it would actually maybe like be a good kind of practical tool for helping people in that position kind of experiment with different things and try out different ideas or just kind of get new ideas for their own jobs and their own children and lives. You know, it's funny that you say that because I 
I will do this a lot where I'll come into the show with an even bigger idea that I've tried to whittle down. And <laughs> so some of the extra ends that were cut off of this were a kind of building aspect of it and being able to add on to the school. And mm -hmm. it was actually by producing well-rounded people that they became the alumni that funded mm. the school. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So mm. it's almost like if you're creating good people, they are properly funding your institution and that sort of thing. But I wonder if that, if that mechanic could then like come into play to add that difficulty factor to, you know, it's an expansion pack, if you will. It'd be really interesting to also get a sense of schools in different parts of the world because, mm. you know, I think both of us are pretty familiar with how American schools operate, but, you know, maybe, you know, a school in southern yeah. half of Africa. My girlfriend tells me stories about when she was growing up in China about how strict the school was and how they basically like worked the children like day and night and didn't let them socialize yeah. and were very strict about study hours and you know, the kids would live at the school versus, you know, my upbringing was very much like teachers would remember your name maybe half the time and you would <laughs> go home after each day of school. That's, that was a big thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, class sizes can be so large too. In yeah. America. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to get these uh, different contexts as well. I am interested in the push and pull of the discipline aspect of it. Like, can you rule yes, with an iron? Yes, tell me more about this discipline. <laughs> I don't know, like, how Iron Fist could you be allowed to rule? Like, I went to Catholic school, and I think the worst that I ever <laughs> got was, like, a ruler, like, quick tap to the hand, not even a hard That's slap. That's getting off life for Catholic school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know if you have to make harder choices about how you're going to deal with these kids or if there's you get pushed to a point where maybe you're asked to make these morally gray set of decisions and the game mm. can be as much about grappling with how you choose to treat these kids as, you know, as it is kind of a, a, a exotic ant farm of a simulator. If you can get these decisions that a principal might be faced with, like a teacher brings in a student, say, I, I caught him with weed in his backpack. What are you going to do about it? Right. And you can either, you know, come down really hard and make him kind of a warning to hopefully kind of clean up the rest of the school's act. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, you know, we'll let it go this one time because you're a really good student and we don't want to, you know, permanently handicap your future. And, and then you can get into things like that could make one staff member happy and another upset yeah, and then yeah. maybe they quit <laughs> on you and you really needed them. Yeah, you know, we've uh, we've done a lot of very micromanaging sim games <laughs> in our time here. What is allowable could change throughout time. And so you uh, can either you can come into in the dark it, ages. It's, more about kind of, it's well, quite exotic. Sure. Your your extent of your pain that you can deal yeah, with. So how many leeches do you place <laughs> on each of the students? Right. You can kind of like read the culture of the time, even if the player wants to go into it. Like I'm going to be super 21st century progressive. I'm not going to give anyone a slap on the wrist, or nobody gets a paddling or anything like that. I'm just going to be a a good 21st century teacher in like. 1930 where none of those precedents are established and it's really hard to earn the respect of the students because they're used to more kind of harsh forms of punishment and and so you know it's all about kind of finding the right fit for the right time in history and making those kind of moral choices at that point what's interesting about that is you 
kind of touch upon something that happens to someone. And I know I talked about the headmaster retiring, right? But it it tends Mm -hmm. to be that somebody who is at the end of their career or even the end of their life, right? We're just stuck in our ways and we're older and we're a little bit more stubborn. And Mm -hmm. maybe the things that we think are the effective things or have been effective early on in the game are now the things we shouldn't be doing. And for, for someone to feel how difficult it would be for a headmaster who's used to doing things a certain way to make that adjustment is really fascinating. As the player, it's really easy to be kind of mentally removed from everything that's happening and just say like, okay, well, I know to min-max my strategy, I know when 1970 rolls around, that's when I have to start behaving (laughs) in this way a little bit differently and I have to reallocate resources to this area. But maybe as a way of mechanically representing being stuck in your way, you can do... Uh, that really clever thing that Zoe Quinn's depression quest did where you like actually restrict the choices that players can make based on what they had previously chosen. And so, uh, you know, maybe you actually don't have the resources or the the staff to do like a really humanistic program when yeah. that time period rolls around because you just never invested in that beforehand. Or likewise, if you push that complexity back off into the the staff layer, it's the people who are really work the other way just never came to work for you, right? They were never interested in being yeah, a part yeah, of your institution. Right. And of attracting the right people. That's interesting. <laughs> so one of the things that uh, we talk about on the Kane and Rinse team quite a bit, and I don't remember who originally came up with the idea. It might have been Sean O'Brien. It might have been Carl Moon. It might even have been me, I don't remember at all, but uh, but we were thinking about if a bully sequel ever came around, like oh, that uh, yes. Rockstar game where you play as a kid in a high school environment and you're just navigating all the social structures, if it could incorporate a um, nemesis system like you would find in, uh, in Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor. <laughs> and so I was thinking like maybe there could be some sort of nemesis system in this game you can have separate stratas for like popularity and uh bullies and organize to set some of the cheerleaders against some of the bullies and you know like yeah with your own machinations (laughs) we've now added a sort of asynchronous multiplayer or (laughs) to this as we want to do (laughs) so i'm all for that Man, this is like starting to stress me out a little bit. <laughs> well, lucky for you, the good. school bell just rang. So oh, uh, we're going out to recess on that one. But uh, why don't you give that a name? I'm trying to go with a little evocative here. So I'm going to say Cambridge Hall. Very cool. We have one pitch left. This is, as we like to do, our community pitch. Uh, we still have quite a few of these to uh, to get through, but do not let that dissuade you. If you have any ideas that you would like us to discuss on the show, then please send that to playwrightcast at gmail.com, or you can just go ahead and write that in an online form at uh, playwrightcast.com slash pitch. We also have a Twitter at playwrightcast. Just go ahead and give us your ideas. They can be as simple or as complex as you want them to be, and we will uh, discuss them on the show. We will kind of pick them apart and and rebuild them, examine them very thoroughly, and uh, we'll 
kind of put them back out there for the community as well to do what they want with it and, and see where they take it. So it's a fun way to explore an idea and kind of explode it out, find all the core component pieces. But today we are um, we have another submission from Spencer Saunders who submitted for our very second show, our first uh, community submission anyways. Spencer says, Imagine combining the likes of GTA, The Beginner's Guide, Everybody's Gone to the Rapture, and Serial. Right, you've got me hooked, Spencer. What do we have here? Yeah. I imagine inhabiting a very detailed city like Los Santos. There is a fictional podcast series that documents happenings within the city, events that have already occurred, like the Beginner's Guide or Rapture. The podcast episodes could be released episodically, like the missions in Hitman, or, I guess, like real podcasts. I would want the game to be open world and fairly large but I would want the player to be able to get to the locations the podcast host is talking about fairly quickly. I think a fun traversal mechanic could keep the player satisfied while they listen. Maybe something similar to the infamous Second Son or the Arkham series. There could be various open world side quests to provide gameplay rather than just traversal. I don't think the city would be populated. It would be similar to Rapture in that all of the characters and world building would come from the podcast in the form of on-location interviews and roundtable discussion with historians or experts on the events that the podcast covers. Unlike Rapture, where the player can enter a building or area to initiate a scene, players in the game would not need to be at any particular location to progress the narrative. They could pause the podcast if they wanted to go to the location of an event or interview, but otherwise it's just going to be in the background. That's a very complex idea. Let's see what we can do yeah. with that. Let's start the clock. Spencer, this idea is a trip, huh? Yeah. You know, <laughs> I have had, and I don't mean to launch into one of my own ideas here, but <laughs> one of the things that I had been thinking of for a little while is a very kind of naturalistic detective game where you are just kind of dropped in an environment. You're dropped into not necessarily even a crime scene, but like in a missing persons type thing. Mm. You could explore their home and draw what conclusions you will from what you find in there. The books on the bookcase, the CD that is from one of the neighbors, the box of stuff that you find under the bed. And there's no narrative that you have to follow as much as there are stories that are happening, but you are just observing peripheral details and they aren't spoken to you. Kind of like a, like a Westworld type situation. Everything is environmental storytelling. Yeah. Kind of inspired by like deadly premonition where you can glean a lot of really important character details just by like walking around their homes, which are all individually modeled for each character and um the sherlock holmes games and all these types of things that are yeah again like everybody's gone to the rapture as well it's an excellent touch point and so i think that's kind of what spencer is uh getting to here is that there's this city that just kind of exists and there's a lot of really intricate details and a lot of stories that have happened here it's just kind of a matter of knowing where to look and having the impetus to tie these stories together it's really clever. Like a podcast delivery system could be a really elegant way to deliver inspiration to hunt down specific stories in specific locations. And it would be really interesting if this was kind of like a live event, if the podcast could actually be a podcast that goes out on the, <laughs> on the networks and everything that players would actually listen to and they would get together in their Reddit communities and, you know, try to solve these mysteries and say okay like episode three just came out today that's directing us towards the 
you know, the Chrysler building, where is that going to, uh, you know, what floor is this on? They said something about being able to see the skyline. You can't see this building until you get to the 22nd floor and, you know, all of these details. And then the game not like rewarding you when you find anything. These details are there, kind of like the uh, Fallout 3 did a lot of good like environmental storytelling where you can stumble on a story and you can just walk right past it because the game doesn't draw your attention to it. But you could uh, look a little closer and see, oh, these two skeletons are sitting in cars and they're holding a bottle rocket and it looks like one of them is missing a hand and it didn't go very well. (laughs) That kind of uh, just stumbling upon the stories and being directed there as a kind of a worldwide community event. It's so funny that you went there because I just finished over this past week Tacoma uh, from Fulbright. (laughs) And so that essentially in that game, you are seeing memories, but you're able to sort of fast forward and rewind. And I, I always think that it would be interesting to hear a podcast in a game and literally kind of have that, you know, I hate to say that those kind of in-game iPod things never seem to work very well, <laughs> but some sort of, you know, maybe buttons dedicated to that skip 15 seconds mm. ahead and backwards type of thing yeah. of going through and listening to episodes or my mind even went to a ARG sort of experience where Right, it yeah. is a real podcast. You're listening to it on your phone or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and like we're talking about, man, I was at the arcade this week and oh, I got this awesome high score on one of the machines. And then sure enough, in this in-game world, you can go to the arcade. And if you beat the score that I talked about having on the show, you get some sort of achievement or something or some check on your yeah, list to be like, yeah. yeah, hey, you know what? I beat Ryan's score. And maybe you could even see... You know, it, it went great because Ryan just works for both of us. You just see Ryan, right? And then the, you know, I got 50,000 and, you know, you got 52,000. So mm. that kind of, it's almost like being in this empty playground that through the audio and the connection with the hosts of the show, you you feel like that you're both inhabiting this world, even if what they're doing is this kind of exotic way of describing missions or objectives to you yeah if we're building a full companion app for this then you could (laughs) even have like multiple radio stations that could all spit out different shows each week or something each on like a different day of the week and you wouldn't have to listen to them live like you could come to it years later and still play the game because everything would be archived it'd be fun to be a part of that live experience as it was happening and being a part of the community the arg like number stations and secret tapes and stuff like that for the real hardcore community and having uh, the history of the town and whatever for the people who are more into just like the touristy bits of playing a game right and uh you know maybe some more kind of poetic stuff for those who are the dearester types have you been to the docks around 5 p.m you know sunset is beautiful and just let the person go and experience that yeah that could be really cool everybody kind of experiencing this together and so one of the things that i want to think about is that 
I like walking simulators a lot. Like I like them <laughs> a whole lot, yeah. but I feel like What Remains of Edith Finch kind of changed the rules on walking simulators that mm. it did such a clever job of changing up the gameplay and giving you like actual like things to do. Sure. Uh, in between stories being told that as much as I kind of argued against this earlier, I would want some sort of reward for finding the right locations and for, you know, uncovering the stories and everything. Um, maybe not for everything, maybe the, like the criminal investigation storylines could still progress rather silently without a lot of feedback. So you can draw your own conclusions and then, you know, it can haunt you at night, whether or not you got it right. But going down to the beach at a specific time could give you like a, like a really pretty, like Aurora Borealis type of mini game that you could play. Yeah. It's something to do, something to kind of like mix up the gameplay. So it's not all just slowly locomoting around this enormous world. I love that. And if we, you know, extend that a little bit, people will often, like I'm sure hundreds of millions of people will do is uh, to our show. Once there are so many episodes <laughs> of a show, people will go back and say, oh, I just, you know, I caught up on the show. I heard a couple episodes. I fell in love. And then I went back and I binged like yeah. the previous episode. So you could say have the canonical show always sort of going week to week or what yeah. have you. And the way I almost think about that is those are kind of the, the, latest Hitman-esque world events mm -hmm. that are timely and also maybe tied in with holidays and that sort of, you know, it's very topical. Whereas you can still go back in time and listen to an older episode and engage with what it told you to engage with and still yeah, be able to yeah. enjoy it. Yeah. Still be able to experience what it was pointing you towards. You know, I'd hate to lock a player out of content because they've, missed a deadline or something like that. But yeah, it's uh, again, kind of like the Westworld example. It's just like all of these stories are just happening around you. These are just kind of little kicks in the pants in the right direction to get you interested in pursuing it and seeing where it goes and engaging with it. The developers could put out like a year's worth of podcasts and it can just be like a, a, a year long event that people can kind of, you know, just dip in and out of and experience this enormous world as it unfolds. That'd be really cool. I like this idea a lot. One of the things that I also like to think about is the physical tactile experience of playing the game and what, what will it actually feel like. And one of my favorite tactile experiences of playing a game is uh, Oxenfree. Um, I played that on the PC. Actually, I'm still kind of in the middle of playing that. I, I stepped away from it for a while and I, I just got distracted with other things. Mm. I was playing that with a Steam controller which has those two big like touch pads on it, which I thought was like a really cool way to tune the radio tuner. Just having that physicality of the tuning sensation actually made a big difference for me in my experience with that game. So being able to scrub through a radio channel or replicating the touch pad of, a, of an old like classic iPod um, on our companion app display or whatever however we choose to deliver right. these uh, audio bits could be really cool and interesting it's just perfect that on a podcast we would get to pitch a podcast based 
video <laughs> game. So I'm very happy about this idea. We are just uh, creating more work for ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> and thank you so much, Spencer, for writing in, because the more we can come up with podcast-based ideas, I think the more podcasts can even exist in the world. So as far as title goes, uh, Spencer says, I'd want the title to probably be whatever the name of the in-game podcast is, which for now I'll call the nunnery. Oh, all right. It's a, it's a bit unexpected. This is a different podcast than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, and I don't really know what it has to do with, you know, nuns or anything like that, but it's a, it's an interesting title. And it, would, it would get me curious, but I don't know if it, uh, I, I think the idea has evolved a little bit since um, the original pitch. So let's see if we can come up with something that, that you can see kind of stamped on on this box. Let's let's almost agree to not quite know what to do, but I kind of like the sound of radio now, and you have, were thinking maybe spirit of radio. Let's attach the radio now tag to it just for the uh, so we can give the episode a title. <laughs> but uh, we do want to hear from the community. If you have a better idea for what this podcast-based world exploring game could be called, please do write us. We would love to hear it. Again, that is at PlaywrightCast on Twitter, or you can get in touch with us, PlaywrightCast at gmail.com. And you could even add that new name to the comment section of this episode so everyone knows that someone had a better idea than we did. (laughs) Yes, please. Anyways, that is all the time we have for today. We have three excellent pitches. Thank you very much, Spencer Saunders, for that last one. And hey, Ryan, I want to thank Protodome For our theme song, Hello World, it's off his album, Blue Noise. You can go get it at Bandcamp. It's really, really good. Excellent. Thank you for that. I have been Ryan Heyman, joined by Ryan Quintel. And we are going to leave you with this last little idea. How about an MMO pinball table where everybody plays a paddle? (laughs) We'll see you next time. (laughs) See you then. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.